Texas, Ohio She's running around with a rag top down She says I want to do right but not right now I'm gonna drive to Atlanta And live out this fantasy Running around with a rag top down Yeah, I want to do right but not right Your arm around your shoulder, a regimental soldier. And mama starts pushing that wedding gown. Yeah, you wanna do right, but not right now. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, would you look at me so high? Running around with a rag top down. She says, I want to do right, but not right Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. I am your host, Anna Rosen. It's been too long, my friends. Oh my goodness, I've missed the podcast and I missed having these fabulously spooky conversations. Um, I am so excited to be back on the pod. And today we have... Our returning guest, Kira, for a third time, third time's the charm, and this was an extremely charming conversation all about motherhood and creativity. As always, there's a little bit of a creativity thread woven into these conversations, Um, but so beautiful. She is a tarot reader, a... Um, deck creator now which we get into we talk about yes the oracle deck that she created I got one for Leo my little babushki for Christmas it's going to be his first oracle deck I'm so excited like what a perfect gift Um, I got him that and bongos and some poetry books Um, so what does that say about me I don't know but I'm really here for it it's Like, that's what I would want for Christmas. I've always wanted bongos. So cool, right? And not like baby bongos, like bongo bongos. Because why do you need baby bongos? Like, all bongos are kind of like baby friendly, right? Anyway, back to Kira. She's a, um, let's say, spiritual 
maven, a creative guru, a mother, um, just overall lovely person. And we have such an amazing talk about motherhood and creativity and tarot, um, astrology. We have some beautiful reflections on the lover's year, finding support through your community, how we can support mothers and families and babies and children and um, what does it mean to support them and how does that look and relationships that change when you become a mother or really as you're going through any transformation. Um, this was such like a Gemini centric conversation and it's so beautiful because we had this conversation yesterday on the Gemini full moon and this little baby is a Gemini rising which I am obsessed with um and yeah I've said and 50 times I apologize I think I have a little bit of mom brain Whatever that means. I mean, let's just say that's a good thing because you got more neurons. So I hear <laughs> things are just connecting differently, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I'm just jibber jabbering right now. I basically talk to no adults anymore besides this uh, little baby who is not an adult. And I get to talk to my husband occasionally when he comes home from work. But, you know, it's not quite enough, I would say. So I'm going to try and do these podcasts more so I can talk to some people my own age and not just spit out Dr. Seuss all the time because that is good for no one, I would say. Um, yeah, I think it's important to talk to people. <laughs> it is important to talk to people. Yes, I mean, motherhood can be so isolating, I will say. Um, and I, if you are feeling like that, you are not alone. Let me tell you. Um, if you are going through a similar thing, I get it. It is challenging. Um, but it's also the best. So we hold paradoxes, which is very Gemini in itself. The twins, um, holding these opposing forces together as one, one experience, multifaceted as we are, multidimensional beings, right? Um, yeah, but I can't wait to get back into some spooky dookie conversations, which I am obsessed with. Um, definitely hit me up on Instagram. I'm going to try and revive my platform there a little bit so I can connect more with you guys and find some cool guests um, to have on the pod. I'm going to try and um, make this work with having the little babushki here. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, right now he's sleeping, which is amazing. And he slept for the whole hour and a half interview with Kira, which incredible, incredible. So 
I don't know if it would be like that every time. Probably not. But, you know, you got to take chances in life, right? You got to take risks. And then hopefully you get rewarded with the sleeping baby. Um, so that's all I have to say about all of it for now. Um, love being a mom. Let me just say big, um, update about that. I am obsessed. Um, I love reading to him and watching him smile and giggle and taking care of him and, um, man, breastfeeding is really hard. Let me tell you that. Um, I don't know if you guys have had experience with that, but there's also like a lot of like mom shame I feel about breastfeeding and it's like, it's only good if you like exclusively breastfeed and, um, I feel like just keep your judgments to yourself. Um, it's, you know, like if somebody asks you for your opinion, great. But if not, everybody's just doing the best they can. Nobody wants to do anything that's bad for their baby. Um, and giving a baby formula is not bad. Um, I think it that's so binary and just so rude to say to somebody. Um and I don't even know if people will outright say that to you, but you definitely get like a vibe. Does anybody else feel that way? Or maybe you're somebody who like is a end all be all breastfeeding person. And I mean, that is fine. Like you do you. I think most of the time people would love to do that. And I'm sure people would do that if there wasn't some reason not to. Um, but I don't know. I'm rambling about this, but I definitely want to normalize whatever, however you feed your baby is great. Like fed is best is my motto. So anyway, enough about my boobs and my baby. (laughs) Um, but I would just like to say, I'm so happy to be back. Um, definitely, I don't think everything will be about motherhood from here on out because I think it'll be nice to talk to some creative and magical humans, um, regardless of, you know, having parenting conversations. So I'm sure a little bit of that will be sprinkled in, but I definitely want to just talk about normal adult things. So, with that being said, here we go into this conversation with Kira of Page of Poems on Instagram. All right. Love you. Toodles. Yeah. 
Texas, Ohio. She's running around with a rag top down. She says, I want to do right, but not right now. Oh, I want to do right, but not right now. Okay. So, welcome back. Tell us a little bit about yourself for your third appearance. Hi, it's Kira. Um, I'm a mom to four humans. Uh, I sometimes poet on the page, always in life. The other day I said, I think I was born into the wrong world. I want to be born into the metaphorical world. Ooh, I love that. That's, what does that even mean? I just... Sometimes I get really lost in metaphor and I'm like, if everyone could just communicate in metaphor all the time, I think it's, I'd have an easier time. <laughs> I like that. But, um, yeah. So sometimes poets on the page and I am, yeah, I am currently in Northeast Ohio. Can you start us off with a poem? Ooh, sure. Let me see. Okay, Rita Dove's right here. I'll just take the page. I've been taking page 72 lately. All right. Thea Mecca breaks her peace. I've watched them, mother, and I know the signs. The first day rigor, staggering like drunk. They ram the room's sharp edges with the most delicate bodily parts and feel no pain, unable to sleep. They shiver beneath all the quilts in the house, panic gnawing a silver path to the brain. Day two is fever, the bright stream clogged, eyes rodent red. No one weeps anymore, just waits for appear they must in the armpits of the growing hard blackened apples, then at least there is certainty, an odd kind of relief. A cross comes on the door. A few worthy citizens gather possessions around them and spend time with fine food, wine, and music behind closed drapes. Having left the world already, they are surprised when the world finds them again. Still others carouse from tavern to tavern, doing exactly as they please. And to think he wanted me, beautiful, to be his fresh air and my breath two soft, spiced promises. Stand still, he said once, and let me admire you. All this, all is infection, mother, and avarice, and self-pity, and fear. We shall sit quietly in this room, and I think we'll despair. Read a dub. I love that. (laughs) Yes, so I think she's doing a don't know anything about those poems. The Hill has something to say. That was a definitely a big bag of emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I keep, you know what I really liked about that was that idea of like, there's a certainty in even uncomfortable emotions. 
<laughs> like even if we like know there's a cycle going on, we find solace in it because mm. it's the expected. Like the devil you know rather than the devil you don't, even mm. if something could be better. Oh my yeah. I feel like I've been going through that a lot, like changing cycles and being okay with uncertainty because it's different. Like if you're truly in the moment, then everything is uncertain. True. Yeah, because how how many months are you postpartum? How four, old is four months. Almost five months. Four months. Yeah. Yes. Everything is so different every day. Just when you think you're like, oh, maybe this is a, a pattern and something else is emerging. For That's sure. For yeah, and it's always changing. And it's like just when you think you get a routine and then it's mm-hmm. totally different, like week to week. And he's like laughing at me. He's like, ha, ha, ha. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't get the people on Instagram who have, like, a routine that they follow every day. Like, it must not be real. I am not one of those people. And yet, like, the universe sometimes pushes me into, like, you need a couple of things that, like, set the rhythm for the day. But I then, like, like that. you said, right. But then, like you said, there's so many things that can just. Um, I mean, yeah, there's so many priority one is, Yes. And I mean, when you go to have a baby and they're here, I mean, you barely even know what kind of human you got yet. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, and, and also you're adjusting to a whole new, like you mm-hmm. in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what was yeah. your biggest, like, have you had like a biggest surprise or a biggest like thank you moment or like a biggest moment where you're like, Never saw this coming. Um, I didn't expect to love it so much. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like I thought, like I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't know because I had always said growing up, like I would never have a kid. I don't think I could do it. Um, like I'm not fit to be a parent. Um, and I feel like once I discovered like a lot of those were just self-limiting beliefs and like there was no reason why I couldn't have a kid and really turning my attention to like all the great things about myself instead of kind of using my insecurities as a way to like keep myself small um Mm -hmm. I feel like I was I really said like yes to the desire to have a child um And I really didn't know, like, it was kind of like, all right, is this really true? Like, is this true that I can do this? Or am I going to really just validate all of my insecurities? You know? And I feel like it's been really good, like, um, thankfully. (laughs) You know, because you kind of dive in and you don't know what to expect. And I, especially being somebody who was, wasn't like growing up, like, oh, I definitely want kids. Like, I Mm -hmm. know this is my path, like kind of like just coming to a fork in the road and blindly taking, um, a different like pivoting. 
and Mm -hmm. kind of seeing where it goes. But I feel like it's given me so much confidence. The fact that like I can do it and really being able to like take care of this little human and not just like take care of him, but like really like help him to thrive. Like I I definitely at first, like it's, I think it's a little bit of just surviving. Um, But I feel like once you kind of like get down what you need to do and then it's been like fun, like reading to him and like watching him giggle is just so delightful. And um, like, I just love it. Like I love everything about it. Um, I feel like it's made me a better person and not even necessarily made me a better person, but it's helped me to like discover that I am a good person. Like, you know what I mean? Like that unbecoming, like shedding the doubts about yourself and really standing in who you are and discovering who you are. Like it's been there all along, but this is sort of like a reflection for me to see myself more clearly almost. Um, Which feels like very Gemini. Like he's a Gemini rising, which I love. Um, And like, especially this being like the lover's year in tarot, like, it's yes. all felt so like such a big like reflection of self like oh my god well, he's you- so wonderful and then you feel like you're just like oh my god I'm so wonderful which sounds like conceited but no <laughs> because know. you are like you're totally talking lover's choice like you like you said I came to a fork in a road and then I I chose between like whether I'm gonna like be held down by that I've had before or moved towards like a different reflection of myself. Yes. You really did just kind of do a masterclass on lovers. It was, and it is totally, absolutely. Oh, I love it. I, I have goosebumps. <laughs> oh my God. I love it so oh. much. It's so exciting. Um, so there are, Gem- there are Gemini rising. Do- there's, do, they, do you want to share their sun sign? Oh, of course. Yes. So he's a Cancer sun, Pisces moon, like his mom. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Gemini rise. So you're a Cancer rising, though. Yeah, I'm Cancer rising, Cancer sun, and then Pisces moon. Wow. So you have your moon in your 10th house. No, you don't. That would be Gemini. Not ninth, ninth house. Yeah, ninth house. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that makes so much sense with all the spiritual stuff. Yeah. I'm like so curious how it will play out. Like his dad has a Capricorn moon. So having it be in his 10th house is very interesting that it's like the combination of both of us, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. So I'm so curious, like how it'll play out like I really want like I'm starting to think of like what practices or rituals can I raise him with or like um what's the word expose him to like I really want to like help him do like a dream journal because like how cool would that be like if you grew up with that oh I love it I love it I love it so much like doing that, I'd love to teach him how to meditate. Like little, like there's a, yeah. Go ahead. 
there's a really cute, um, I'm thinking of this, um, um, that is, um, oh, I don't know, it's called something like a lion, but it's a little like yoga kind of, but they're basically encouraging like this being like the animal, but it's also the pose. Oh. Oh, no. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey. Oh, my goodness. All my Bluetooth things are trying to really screw with me. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So did you get the... um, Anyway, there's a picture. Keep going. All of these things are wonderful to, like, just introduce, especially... My favorite thing you already said, when they're tiny, tiny babies and you can just sit and read them whatever picture books you want to read. Yeah, and and then the picture books, but also, like, sometimes you get bored of it because they're so quick, so you, like, filter through all of them so quickly. So, like, I'm just starting to read them, like, poetry, and I'll start reading them out of, like, astrology books, and I'm like, I'm going to turn you into a little weirdo, but it's totally cool. Like, we're getting your yeah. reading in. <laughs> yeah. My oldest, he got read to the most from earliest on. Uh-huh. And he's, he's like, a voracious reader. He's only recently gone to audiobooks because the other kids really like audiobooks. But, yeah. um... I love audiobooks, I don't know too. If, yeah. I don't know if... I, yeah, it's... No, it's, just, it's never been my jam. I don't know if I can't do it. But, um... They, uh... I always thought, like, maybe I read to the other kids less, but I think it was, like, just not as a concentrated of, as that first kid, where you could just sit there for, like, an hour and just read books because it was something to do. I don't yeah, well, I assume you have more time. Like, I can't imagine right. having more kids. And then... Yeah. But that's, like, you just nailed the sweetest memory I have of my oldest, is this reading. I because, know. Yeah. Oh. It's so And special. I love that you're smart. Oh, yeah, I love that you're so smart to be like, you know what? I'm going to read them whatever I want to read them. I didn't think of that. Like, I didn't read them my stuff a lot. <laughs> but that's, that's genius. Why not? Yeah, why not? Like, whatever you got. Right. Yeah, I think that's I'm going to awesome. get them some Mary Oliver books for Christmas because I want some Mary Oliver books. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't have the big one, the devotions, Oh, should I get that? Uh, just get that. It's so beautiful because it's just—it's a hardcover. Well, you, it even comes in softcover now. But um, I bought that for myself for Christmas, like when my youngest was born for Christmas. That was. What nice. do you think the best poetry books are that could be like also beautiful children's books? That's a good question. I mean, you nailed it with Mary Oliver for sure. I do, I read the kids Joy Harjo a lot um, because she's indigenous and she also has, she crosses, to me, she's, she's explaining nonlinear time without telling you she's explaining nonlinear time and, you know, like indigenous history, meaning like indigenous wisdom that like has been interrupted, but in this like dream quality way. And this reclaiming way. And she has like a few really good, I would say, I want to say all purpose, but meaning like for all ages, all 
situations poems like remember that poem is stunning and then um what is oh perhaps the world ends here which is kind of a dramatic title for just really explaining what it's like to be at the table together oh i love that yeah it's like one of my favorite poems so joy harjo um Lucille Clifton has a couple of poems that I'm thinking of that are like, um, I've read it on your podcast. I think of it like a prayer, um, what's it called, Blessing the Boat. But her poems are really short and they're good poems for moms. So I would mm. just, for you, for you, and then some of them you could read out loud. I mean, all of them, especially at this age, it's not going to. Yeah, we've been picking a Jan Richardson poem every day, which is like all of yeah. hers are all blessings. And it's oh, so oh, beautiful. That, that I need to write that up. Jan Richardson. Um and then Don O'Donoghue, he has blessing poems too. Who is it? Say it again. John O'Donoghue. John O'Donoghue. What a name. Yeah, they're they're not with us anymore. I have to bless the space between us, and I kind of call it, like, my Bible. Because <laughs> um, they have, like, poems, like, for transitions, and, like, there's a poem, For the Farmer, or For Solitude, to come home to yourself. Like, I know there's even, oh, at the threshold of womanhood, at the threshold of manhood, like, that to me is, like, for every occasion, there's a poem in that. I love that. Yeah, we read a Jan Richardson poem. We pulled one randomly while I was giving birth. Like, like right, I would say, maybe right before I got my epidural or right after, which was, like, a terrible experience. They, like, couldn't find my spine, so it took, like, an hour. That was probably the worst part, I would say. But... Um, they pull, we pulled this poem, I think it was called Out of the the Wilderness. I think it was called Wilderness. And it was all about like coming out of the woods and like, as the end is drawing near and the last line was something like, um, and then all you saw was the wing of a dove or something like that. And it just felt, it was so beautiful. Like, what no. a moment. No kidding. It just felt so good. There were so many, like, synchronicities with his birth. Like, um, so I do the Sincerely the Tarot. And yeah. I got the moon card for that month. Um, oh, my. And the the little affirmation card was, my howl is my own. Wow. I know. So I put that in his baby book, which is so oh, special. That's so good. You, you, you got the moon card in cancer season for your moon baby. I know. That's a lot. I, 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 that's a lot. And it was <laughs> really interesting because like, so I ended up having him at, it was really early in the morning, but the moon was going to go void at like 
probably 20 minutes after I had him. So like within, so while I was like really pushing to get him out, like his cord was wrapped around his shoulders. So every time I would push, he would kind of get like sucked back in, which was like very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I would say <laughs> because it's like you're doing almost all there. this effort and then like oh my god we're almost there and that was happening for like an hour or two but I kept like knowing like it's gonna be fine because I know he's gonna be born within the next like hour or two because I know he's gonna be a Pisces moon and he's not gonna be born void I just know it oh. so that was pretty cool just to like I and love it, that. And he, he was. That. Yes. Yeah. So that was like the weird, spooky, I don't know, just like those little knowings that like line up with, I don't know, just like weird, mystical stuff. That's good. I want to hear about, and- did you have any like weird stuff like that? When I had my babies. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, Asa was born on a full moon. So my last baby was born on a Taurus full moon, which you saying the thing, um, both the girls have earth moons and, uh, and my partner has an earth moon too, but they have water sign rising, which I have. So I like that you were saying, you know, like it. sometimes you think it's like clearly family patterns. I would love to get into that. Like people who do, if, if anyone's listening, hit me up. That's like a family astrologer. Yeah, it's so <laughs> I would neat. be so, I would be so down to have that conversation or do that kind of thing for my family. It's just like, cause I, I look into it, you know, as much as I can, but, um, yeah, Asa was born on the full moon, and she, I just remember the day before, we went on this really long hike, and we we were living in Seattle, and you could see Mount Rainier that, the day before she was born, and it had a ring around the top of it, a oh. ring of clouds, which, hey, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, it means a, like a a change in weather pattern. It's kind of like this, you know, thing that people pay attention to. Um, and sure enough, as soon as she was born, she was born like, I think like 6.05 p.m. And it had been, it was October when she was born, and it had been dry and hot summer. It's all summer, really dry, really hot. It was 2017, all the forest fires everywhere. But it's, soon as she was born it was like within the hour the wind shifted the rain came wow was, you got chills oh my god yeah that was, I, i'll never forget it was just like fall rain with this huge harvest moon and then she came and yeah it was cool it's like such an energy that they bring and they mm-hmm. like all have this unique energy and it's so beautiful yeah. And the same thing happened with Ted, I guess, my third baby. He, he's my only spring baby. So I have a September, October, November kids. And 
Ted is born in April. And he is the only one that came home in a snowstorm. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so this. big weather, yep. regardless. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. It was raining the day I went into labor. But then two days later, when we brought him home from the hospital, it was snowing. Oh, that's such, like, a picture. Yeah. What a mood. Jack had, now I'm, like, all thinking of all the weather for everybody. I remember Jack had November, really mild November weather. It was, like, beautiful, clear blue sky in November. Yeah. And then Pearl, I don't think I'll, oh, because it was 2 in the morning and it was just freezing. And she was born in September, uh, the equinox. Ooh. Yeah, it was wow. really cold. It was really cold, so it was uncomfortable to get into the car. And, like, it's only, like, a two-minute drive from our house, like, a three-mile three miles to the um, hospital. And it took a really long time to get to the car because I was at, like, probably six or seven centimeters. By the time I got to the hospital, I was eight centimeters. Wow. And I just remember it was really uncomfortable be- being that cold in the car. I'm in awe that you were pregnant four times. It's crazy. What my I, I actually had an acupuncture appointment the other day, and I was just writing down, you know, it was like a new acupuncturist, and I was writing, they want to know your history. And I wrote down my surgeries and things, and then um, to give them the paper, and then they, like, they left the room to come back. And then when they came back, I was like, oh, I didn't write down that I had four babies. And she's like, oh, that's no big deal. I'm like, well, it's kind of a big deal. It's <laughs> really a big deal. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, it was a big deal for me for all those people to live inside me. But <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. No, it's funny too because uh, because my youngest is five this year. There was a really big grief around no baby this fall. No what? Like there was. Like there was, I had big grief around. There wasn't a baby around. This oh, fall. Mm-hmm. like you know, we are so far removed from any sort of baby, and it it was like a, a a moment where I was like, I need to hold a kitten or a puppy, or I need to find somebody with a baby and hold a baby, <laughs> just because it's like the fall is baby season for me, basically. Uh-huh. And everyone was like slow your roll I'm like I know but there's you know muscle memory like patterns cycles clearly is there anything like that's creative that gives you the same energy oh I like oof. Um, it might be no because it's so unique yeah I I don't think there's anything like the process it um, is a process. And I think, I think there, I, I might be a little deficit in that because there are so many really great arts that do incorporate the body in a, in a physical way. You know, like dancing could probably take you on a birth kind of way or like maybe, but I don't, I, I'm not a dancer. I don't know. There's there's so much. Like, I think you nailed it in the beginning when you're like, um, you know, it's always different. It's always new. And I think birth and, like, the process of becoming a mother, there is that, like, I can remember when my oldest was younger. I was like, 
I think that was my biggest surprise that I was just like following him. Right. Like I didn't, I've never really felt like a leader in my children's lives, like in a way that's like ahead of the game. Right. Uh I just feel very much either with them or behind them kind of like, Oh, I see what you're doing there. I don't know. It could just be my approach to parenting, but that's the feeling that I love that. that That's really beautiful. Because one thing I definitely don't want to do is try to control him to mold him into who I think he should be or who I want him to be. Like, I've really set that intention to try and allow him to just tell us who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I yeah. yeah, I hated that growing up, um, feeling like I was trying to be controlled out of anxiety um because that's what it is it's like an unknown so you kind of control it to try and make yourself feel comfortable which I understand because there's so much uncertainty with getting to know a little being um yeah and there's so many ways in which you can try and like I think quote-unquote healthy ways you can try to control your parenting journey like in these simple little ways like Always have snacks. Like, control that. Always have snacks. But don't try to control, you know, like you said, any sort of becoming that's happening. That happened the other day. I took my daughter to an open call for this um, art, performing arts middle school. It's like a public middle school and she found out about it and she's like, I want to do the open call. And we're like, great, let's do it. And you can choose from, you know, theater, dance, vocal, um, visual arts, which she has a strong visual arts sort of talent or interest. She's always drawing and creating like story patterns. It's beautiful. So I thought that was going to be her top choice because she had to like rank her, um, for interest and it was like out of theater voice dance visual arts band concert and piano visual arts was like dead middle and I'm like oh wow mm, what was her number one I'm like number one was theater Ooh. And, and, and I was like oh are you you know I did that thing I was like oh are you sure do you want to take your time she's like no this is what I want this is, this is how I want it. And I'm like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> she's like, I am, you know, she's 10. She's like, I am sure. Don't try because you're trying to change my mind. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I do not want to be in your way. I just am surprised. And it's I'm like, glad I that just, you know. I would pick visual <laughs> arts. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I'm like, and I literally had to say out loud for myself and maybe so she could hear it too. Like, I want to get out of your way. Like, you know, like, you know, I can see that, you know, and I don't want to make you second guess or make you feel like I'm pressuring you. I want to get out of your way. But I had, you know, I had to, I had to do it out loud. I had to process it out loud. I couldn't be like, oh yeah. Oh, great. Cool. You know, like, I'm never going to be that parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm it's so... I can see how easy it would be, though, to, like, give your opinion and because, I don't know, I mean, you just, yeah, 
It's just. Well, even when I got home, my partner, Adam, her dad was like, how did it go? And I'm like, oh, it went really great. She was really confident. She, and she knows that's like kind of where she wants to be as well. So that made me feel good. Like she was like, oh yeah, I want to be here. Um, and you want and, them to be confident in like who yeah. they are because or else yeah. you're second guessing them and really you're second guessing yeah. like who they are then. And nobody wants Absolutely. to feel like I'm not good yeah. enough to be myself. Like this yeah. isn't like I should be somebody else. Right. It was just, it, it, I think about it all the time about how fast it all happened. And like, it's easy to like, it, how easy it is to like, even if, as them being my own kids, like I don't always a hundred percent know what their process is and how it's going for them and what their preferences are. But I think just exactly like you said, I just want to believe them always. Like if they're telling me, then I have to believe them for everything. The good, the bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, how do you feel about, oh, well, this is so appropriate with your Instagram handle, but so I pulled two cards and they've been very prevalent for me for lately but especially this month I feel like but page of pentacles and three of pentacles and oh my god I got the affirmation card action which I don't know if you feel like that fits in but I want to hear about like any thoughts you have that's what I pulled for this conversation and really like what I'm moving through at the moment what is on the action card? It's a rocket going up into space. <laughs> a rocket? Yes. Like a spaceship. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Well, it, just hearing that you've had Page of Pentacles and Three of Pentacles come in a lot. Like, they've been coming up more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I could pick two cards for a family welcoming a new child... A caretaker welcoming any child. Those would be two really great ones. Which Page of Pentacles is like curious but grounded, like a slower, like reflecting. You've already said like the reflecting piece. Mm -hmm. The Page of Pentacles is holding up the pentacle, correct? Like in the traditional. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I know you. Did you use Take Another World? No, I still use that. Oh. Um. Just that, that curious, grounded, like, what better energy for a parent? Mm-hmm. And then three of pentacles, to me, it is one of the most important things that I always want to say to parents is, like, um, this isn't a job just for you. This is a job for, you know, the whole family. You're not the only person that's going to, you know, reflect this person's light in the world and you can't do it 24 7 365 for you know however many years you get to be this kid's parent however long you're on earth with them because it doesn't end when they're 18 or 20 or 30 hopefully you know um there's this thing about and i think i said this on my podcast before in the womb the 
the staff that the baby grows in has two layers of support. There's the amnion and the coron, and that is just like a physiological representation of what the support should look like outside the womb for each of the caretakers. So the baby has two caretakers, and then those caretakers each have two caretakers, and those caretakers each have two caretakers. So, you know, you're just there's the model of the human experience. Like, you can't do it alone. And Three of Pentacles is very much that collaborative, like, I just think, um, design, like a collaborative design, like an architectural, like, structure. Like, I love that's that. being built. Yeah. It's interesting to and think then about that. Like, with, oh, uh, no, you, you go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> the rocket ship, too, is like, that to me is just like the universe giggle. It's like, you know, it's the ride of your life. Mm. Like, you made a human. You made a human. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. And, and like, you, we did, you know, is there any other, like, creative journey? Yes. Like, people who create, you know, companies or create books or create art. Yeah, you have to there's a certain you know responsibility for that and it can take you on this like bigger than you task right yeah the word wow. discovery comes to mind for sure who is that page of pentacles and the truth yes right like discovering yeah. who you are and discovering who he is and discovering like how we fit together as a family but I love that idea about having support. I think it's very interesting in this modern world at the moment because mm-hmm. I think it's very isolating. Absolutely. Especially like considering how you hear about how it used to be with like more of a community aspect within reach, I would say. Like, it's not that there's no community now, but I think it's definitely, like, we're living differently than we did back when we lived together. Right. And there's, like, so many things we have to relearn in order to become in community again. hmm Like, however many generations you're removed from, like, let's just even say, like, um, you know, like a, I can't think of the word, of, but when, you know, traditionally it would be like mom and grandmom and grandpa, like, and dad and the kids, like a, I can't think of the name of it. When it's the extended family household, like, mm-hmm. it's not just the nuclear family. A generational. Like, yes, a generational home. Like, mm-hmm. how many generations you are removed from that then you're that many like at least tools and ways of communicating and ways of relating away from even knowing how to do it because you can't know how to do it if it hasn't been modeled so we're all relearning what it means to be like and like think about like I mean I'm severed from my family but even if I was in relation to my family, I lived 600 miles away from them. Like that, that's a truth for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons why 
um, support. Yeah. Seems simple in your seems simple in your mind to like build community or have that extra support, but the modern life gets everybody on their one track, and like the the communal relating has been lost because we just haven't had that pattern or way in our day to day life. Yeah, and I talked to you a little bit like off recording, but. I feel like definitely your relationship with your caretakers change. Like you put it so beautifully, like so simply, which is so accurate. Um, Mm -hmm. Like once you become a caretaker, you start thinking about, well, definitely we did, me and my husband, like how our childhoods were and kind of really mulling over like, what do I want to carry with me? to teach him and what can I leave behind um and it's like a big shedding and transformation um into this new role and it definitely affects all of your relationships I mean I don't know if that's true for other people but it's definitely true for myself and going through that like such an emotional process and unraveling while trying to take on this new role I think adds another layer of complexity that I didn't foresee um Mm -hmm. but just felt like it was um like it showed up on the doorstep and was like deal with me now like I'm not going anywhere you know how you can kind of like be like okay well we'll do this at a different time but um it's like this is the time to do it um and it doesn't feel good I would say but it feels very necessary in order to move forward um and grow yeah it's it's a trip being cellularly changed like because we have to like really know that the person you were even an hour before your your baby was born is not the person that's here now like you are cellularly a different person and like that's gonna impact not only you and the child, and that's why you got cellularly different because you care for this baby. But then your partner, your your mother, your father, your brother, your whoever you know, your coworker, like you are just different, and like your DNA is different. Like I don't know about your DNA, but sort of like cellularly you have different information now about how it is to be in the world. Like what your quote unquote programming is. Like, I'm not going to give you the hard science, but like that's how I lay person terms think about it. And if you even spend a little bit of time on that, just thinking about it in your brain, you're like, oh, of course. Everything needs to be slower. Mm-hmm. And, to be able to like relate 
two people about, well, this is how it is for me now. And most of it, you can't even explain with words. It's interesting because like having the baby, there's so much to do in a day, but at the same time, the days are so slow, uh which is like an interesting paradox to hold daily. Like this frantic, um, getting everything done or getting all of his needs met. But at the same time, there's these long stretches that like he doesn't want to be put down now. So it's like carrying him 24 <laughs> seven. And like so if he's taking a nap, like I can't move. So it's like I've had a lot of time to read, which is like a very pleasant surprise. Um. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, all these little, like, delights that are sprinkled in with slowing down um, that if you can kind of, that I've noticed if you can, like, surrender yourself over to the process. Um, like so it, funny. I, so yeah, go ahead. I pulled out this, I pulled out an Oracle deck, the Poesis, just to have it, and I just pulled Surrender. Oh my god, that's so spooky dookie. I love yeah, that. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking like you were talking about. That. Yeah, and I'm sure it's different like if you're working full time and um you know, you're trying to also care for your new baby. I don't know that you would oh, have I've done, I've done I've done both of the things where uh-huh. I Yeah, tell the, me your experience with that. And I think Surrender is on both sides. Mm, how so? Um, uh, well, Asa was the baby that I worked full-time with. So I was 40 days exactly postpartum, and I went back to work. Wow. And the surrender that I, yeah, the surrender that I had to do was that, you know, I could rely on my partner and my mom to care for her while I was at work. You know, That's like I just surrendered. surrendered. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I just I just surrendered to the the knowledge that like and that my body could even do it. Like I Yes. Um so I think surrender is in so many different ways and like you're talking about it in this way of like you know, I, I'm you're probably this is probably one of the slower times of your life, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like and you get to focus on, it's not just about him. It can be about you too. Like you said, read, I'm reading more. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yeah, I think surrender can come into a place in so many different ways when it comes to mothering. Like, I mean, people have to surrender to the birth experience that they thought they would get and they didn't. Mm-hmm. The health outcomes of themselves and their child. Mm-hmm. The, the dynamics of the relationship that will never be the same i can't remember somebody told me i think i had three kids by this point and they're like they scientifically prove have proven that like bringing children into a marriage doesn't make a happier marriage and i'm like ah yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. i mean if anything Um, it makes it harder right so there's yeah i think yeah it's a huge part yeah and then your marriage is changing for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, that yeah, well, is completely yeah. different. Um, It completely changes the dynamic. I mean, just thinking about, like, the three of pentacles. Like, you have these two people, mm-hmm. and then you add a third. It's a completely different shape. 
Yeah. And how important, like, in the Three of Pentacles, I always think about how important that physical structure is. Yes, thinking about, like, the two on the bottom, like a triangle. Yeah. Right. And you think about him building too. So this element of like architecture of like a structure being strong and stable. Mm-hmm. And like how that like plays into the three just playing into the empress. I, n- I haven't never thought of it. Like oh this. my God. I never thought of that either. That's so interesting. Wow. What all do the, you, what do you think about that? Let's think about all the, all of, the, all of the threes and having a baby, three of swords, three of pentacles, three of cups, three of wands. Yeah, three of um, three of cups was my card of the year. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, it's important. It's important to feel, like it's a celebration for sure, and it, it takes community. And I think of is. It's three of cups. It's astrological. It's a Cancer card too, right? Cancer moon or something like that. I don't know. That sounds right, but it's interesting because I never even thought about a celebration because oh, I yeah. just have the um. What deck am I using? Remind me. Um. Pagan other one. Yeah, the pagan other worlds, and it's just three cups on there. Oh, sure. And I just felt like three little spirits coming together. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah, your own little community. Definitely. Three. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but also, interesting thinking about a family being a community. Like, it is like a small community. And it requires community. That's the thing. Like, yes. I think that's the, the biggest part. It requires community. And it strengthens the community by its by it being built, but within the context of giving and receiving, like how would it avoid what a community be if it didn't have children, if it didn't have elders, you know, if it was just like tears. Ooh, and like that's, that's so interesting. Typi- you know, typically when you have just like a you know a partnership or you know, it's different. I don't know. I can't believe he's going to be old one day. That was my biggest, I think that, you know how you have like those memories that just kind of like stick and you're just like, you, you can, like you almost like, if you close your eyes, you're like, I am in that space thinking those thoughts mm-hmm. in that time period, like so strong. When my oldest was probably the age your baby is right now, I just it was literally experiencing nonlinear time all the time because I was like, oh, he's going to be... He's going to be 20. He's going to be, you know, like it, it just, and it, I couldn't fathom it, but also I could. Like, I was just like, it's going to be no time, and I'm not going to be with a baby anymore. But like you saying how slow the days are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I can remember that viscerally. Just, yeah, it feels so, um, it feels so permeable and changeable because it's always changing. But when you're in it, it feels so permanent and like just so big that you're like, how could this ever be different? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like such a force. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all of your tips for 
Cancer Sun Pisces Moon that you have. <laughs> oh, remember this child, it will be so changeable. Like the the fullness of their expression should be. Have you witnessed that yet? Did they did they express themselves so well? Um, he definitely expresses himself for sure. Um, I find it pretty easy to, he's a very good communicator, which I think might be a little bit of the Gemini too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Gemini rising, that's his first house. Yeah. Um, like he's like, I feel like he's already like pretty good talker, like babbling. Um, Mm -hmm. he enjoys story time. Like Mm -hmm. he enjoys that. You could see he's, like, just delighted to, like, have you, like, play with him and entertain him. Like, just very, like, playful Gemini. Um, well, and of course, you just said in the beginning where you're, like, I'm reading out loud to him my astrology books. And I these, of course, the mother of a Gemini rising would be, like, let's learn. Let's just do it. Because that's what they're going to want in the world, right? Yes. And it's it's so interesting. Like, I feel like I... I kind of wish that I, I almost wish that I didn't look at his birth chart. It's like a little bit of a paradox because like, of course I'm going to look at it. But at the same time, I kind of wish that I didn't because it's like the more, you know, the more you overthink about it. Um, but like he has a very strong 12th house. Okay. Which it makes it's me his, wonder, I would say. Taurus is his Taurus is his twelfth house. Right. And like everything that was going on in Taurus leading like this past oh, summer. Yeah. Totally. Um so we have the North Node in there, we have Mars, we have Uranus. Um I just feel like he's gonna be like a little psychic dude because <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, yeah. He's he's a Cancer Sun and a Pisces Moon. Like every all the they, all the astrologers, are like, well, you're psychic, and I'm like, I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, and like this idea of like, how can I, like, how do you? I don't want to like also assume that, but I feel like I right. that's what I would assume. You know, I was very I was very surprised, it, especially with all of my kids. They all had, that's the thing about kids. Like, they are still so connected to source. However you want to think about that, like, that's the language I have for it. But they will do these children-like things that just blow your mind. Like, I don't even have to talk about my kids. Like, you hear stories about people who are like, you know, and then my three-year-old started talking about grandma birdie and we didn't even know there was a great 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 grandma birdie and you know like oh for sure like he's already staring into space like smiling into nothingness and I'm always like oh like my husband's father is here like hello Mr. Rosen like hi because it's it's also like his namesake I just feel like I don't know it just feels really weird like it, it and it is weird because I think that's the gift too of kids 
when we allow that to just be like when they like tell us things or we or all of a sudden like sucked into their experience and they're like oh of course this grandpa rose in here like yeah. you know like there's just you can really um and I think that's a big thing too when you see like elders and babies too like sometimes we as like the primary caretakers get so into the like changing diapers feeding you getting you here getting you to bed like you know like the structure that like three of pentacles kind of stuff that we kind of can be the ones to miss out but that is a really good reminder like you said slow when you slow down you can kind of start to see or feel or hear the universe through them the universe but you know like their experience yes, through though, them. totally it yeah. is the universe through them yeah yeah and it's oh like- yeah I love that because yeah and it's hard because like you don't want to like change who they are right but at the same time you're like do I want to nurture this part of you that you may not like you said I don't want to be psychic right because it comes (laughs) with it (laughs) like these big emotions and these big feelings and some things that you may not be visibly be able to see um which I think might be like a little bit disorienting but at the same time with his north node in there I feel like well you're totally like if I could like give the instructions to my parents about like you know having to drive this body around and this star chart around like I want to be believed and everything can just be given to me straight. Like, you know, like he learns his colors and he knows that like, these are the moon bases. Yes. I love that. You know, like you're already doing that with him, you know, like just giving him information. And I feel like just with that Gemini rising, like it doesn't have to be like, if you don't know this, then you're going to lose out. It can just be like, it's just like, like, when I give someone a tarot reading or if someone asks me to channel something for them, it's like, this is just information. Like you get to take it. However, take it, how it comes, leave it. Like, yeah, whatever sticks, sticks. Yeah. And that, I think I also hear astrologers. I think it was Diana Rose who, when she read my chart, she was like, you're, you know, you either work the astrology or the astrology works you. And I'm probably paraphrasing her greatly, but it was something to that effect. Like, just because you have a knowledge of its birth chart doesn't mean you can be like this overbearing, like, all right, the moon is here. This is what's going to happen. I don't see you doing that. <laughs> but like, sure. I, can, I, can, I can totally sense how that feels. I actually had that experience with my third, Ted. He has four yachts in his birth chart what is that what's a yod a yod is they call it the finger of god and i don't even really have uh you know a deep i all i know is that have one in your chart is like a big deal uh-huh and he has four and so i was just like i don't really want to know anything more about this kid's star chart what the heck's happening but then like there's some things that have happened in his life and i'm like oh what if that was just like a timing piece for like this deeper truth that he brought up. Like it's already happened. Like 
I don't have to think about like, oh, what's going to happen? Because I think it started to feel like that for me through him. Like, oh, what's going to happen with this kid? What's he going to reveal? Or what's his mission going to be? His felt like heavier for some reason. But then I was like, what if it's just him being here? It is. It is just being him being here. Like, Okay, so I just Googled it. And yeah. It says, just like a brief synopsis, a yod in astrology means your birth chart can indicate that you're here for a unique spiritual assignment. While we yeah. all have the power to choose a good part of our destiny, the birth chart chart is a map to some of the spiritual challenges and assignments we may face in order to grow. Interesting. Well, that makes sense with like the finger of God. Yeah. So I just started to, like, really think about, like, he's here. He's going to do what he's going to do. And how could I, yes, I'm going to have influence over my kid. But, like, I am not the only influence. Like, I think about just, like, my oldest. He's been talking up my brother lately, my his uncle. And because my oldest is 16 and he's starting to think about, like, what he wants to do after high school. He, he really enjoys talking to my brother about, his his job and he's like I think I really want to you know do what Uncle Ian does and I'm like oh wow okay cool like it I don't know that's so cool yeah like obviously like, it sounds obvious but I know what that feeling when they're small like that because you are like their primary source and you are there most of the time and you're like Am I going to do too much? Am I not going to do enough? Do I know too much about their star patterns? <laughs> it's, not, it's no, you don't. You don't. It does feel that way, though. It does feel that way. And I think you're asking good questions about, like, you know, um, what if he's psychic? But it's like he can know what psychic is, and then he gets to choose whether he's going to, like, pursue that as, like, something he wants to feel into, right? So true. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, it's going to happen whether I nurture it or not. Right. Oh, for sure. He is who he is. Like, can I really. Especially like, yeah, I think about like, because I have a 10 year old and a 16 year old and like 10 year old going that like it's a middle school thing and like. Like, literally, I keep telling myself your job is really to get out of her way. And, like, just be there enough to be, like, I'm here. <laughs> like, yeah. I am he- I am here. And, like, I mean, which is ironic because I just spent, like, a whole season away from my kids. But, um, yeah. It's a trip. Wow. But my, I, uh, I, one of the things that I came up with on my trip was, I think, something that, I want to like talk about more is like how we need to be mothering less. Ooh, tell me about um, that. That's interesting. And basically it's just like a call to action for the community be, to be in their role more. Like aunties need to auntie more. Uncles need to uncle more. Grandparents need to grandparent more. Like in ways that are in alignment with who this kid is and who this family is and what these family's values are. Like, in relation to like each other, like we were talking about earlier, to reclaim the role of like human 
taking care of humans, not just like mothers and fathers being the total like nexus of how to like develop a child. That's just painful. Mm-hmm. And you know, we live in a culture where heaps of heaps of responsibility is poured on caretakers, whether you identify as mother or father or caretaker, like you're the primary caretaker is, you know, drowning all of us. And there's just an opportunity, I think, that we need to start to have conversations about like reclaiming some sort of um, relief pattern. Like the way it's going isn't ideal mm-hmm. for the nuclear family, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I laughed with a lot of my friends on my trip and I was like, this is a motherfucking last tour? Like, like this mother needs to be mothering fucking last. <laughs> So tell me um, more about it. What did you do? Um, well, I had an appointment to meet up with a couple of friends. We'd been meeting on Zoom over, like, well, and anyway, not to get ahead of myself, but, like, um, I just needed to be away because this place that I'm in, I didn't come to by choice. Um, my marriage was in, has been in a big struggle bus moment. My mothering journey has been in a big struggle bus moment because of like my traumatic brain injury in 2018. Um, and even prior to that, we had like a huge, we had a couple huge moves and like some other stuff, job loss. It was just like a lot. Mm -hmm. And a traumatic brain injury is interesting because talk about patterns. Like you're, you are almost like expected to like not expected, but your brain is in a repattering. Your whole body's in a repatterning, like a reboot, if you will. If you're lucky, like some people have to relearn to walk. I think I really needed to. Not only was there like, um there was this huge unlearning, but there was also like a stop gap where there were so many things that I couldn't do anymore that I really relied on for who I was in the world prior to the traumatic brain injury. Like I will never be the person that will never say never, but like currently I'm not the person that can return to a 40 hour, 40 to 60 hour a week job on my feet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, don't, I just can't do that anymore. And that was like my primary income source. And just the, that, just if it was like somebody lost their job because of a health issue and they couldn't go back to that job, that's enough for crisis in, in a life. Mine was a huge health crisis and I couldn't relearn the things that the traumatic brain injury unlearned for me. Um, so going out in the world, this felt like I needed to just be really alone and meeting up with humans again because of this, like this bigger, you know, coronavirus pandemic, you know, isolation that we were all in 
I really needed to just be with people that like I had been in communication with on Zoom that were like my primary people, right? Mm-hmm. That we we just really like growed together through something, right? Um, so I met up with them along the way, but also it just kind of I kept telling myself this isn't for any like outcome. This is just to move through the world. Um, and that's a little bit of like my star chart too. Like my birth chart, like I am a wanderer. That Pisces moon in the ninth. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and it was scary to do it again because I think that's a lot of how I operated. That is something that how I operated in the world, but it wasn't like my full time kind of isolation just really isolation through traumatic brain injury isolation through motherhood too if I'm honest it's not like this isolation journey happened overnight just because I had a traumatic brain injury I I really went into isolation just because I became a mother because that's how the community kind of worked for me Mm -hmm. my family so this was like a step towards not being in isolation Ooh, that's beautiful yeah so was there an outcome, even though you weren't looking for an outcome? Um, I'm still very much processing what it all meant. There was a really great, I did say yes to um, working with a friend of mine out on the West Coast. They have a Waldorf-inspired preschool that they run, and I helped her do two weeks of summer camp. And I was oh, basically I love her, that. yeah, I was her preschool like assistant, right? Oh my god, and summer camp is the best. Yeah, so from so it was dealing with three to six year olds. Oh, and I really saw myself use all the tools that I'd used in my mothering with other people's kids to like expert level. And it felt good. It was like somewhere in there, I un- unbelieved that I had done everything wrong for my kids. Because here I was helping this person with their fabulous preschool, with these great kids, just doing what I do for my kids and it being like received. Like, she's like, you're amazing. Like, this is amazing. You have a gift for this. Like, and to me, it was just like, it was just, I didn't, I really didn't see myself doing anything until she was reflecting it. Like, I could feel myself doing something. Like, right? I felt purposeful. I felt in alignment. I felt all those good things. It felt good to be doing it. But then I also had this person be like, you're really good at this. Which you don't get day to day to day to day to day in mothering, parenting, with like one other human right for sure and it's it was like yeah it was probably the first time in my parenting journey where another person really validated that like you have skill here it's caring skill it's grounded skill like you're doing something that's valuable it was crazy and then like the the kind of like yeah it was affirming and it just like it kind of was like a it was like a blessing on me like, here I was, like, helping her out, thinking, like, 
not like thinking like, oh, I'm helping her. Like what I I was, but then it, like it came back to me like tenfold. Like it was it was really cool. You know that idea, like, because I have gone through a similar experience very recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know that idea when you feel like you think you're fat, but then you look at pictures and you're like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? I was crazy. I was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, totally that. Yeah. Um, But I had that with my mental health where I was like, Ooh. I thought I was so crazy and then I looked back at art that I had done during that time period and I was like I was not crazy like oh my god I was so beautiful oh I love that isn't that amazing like it just like clicked in so perfectly and I feel like that's the same with your mothering like seeing yourself in a different light to reflect back to you, like, no, those weren't mistakes. Like, it was so beautiful what I did. Right. And it's so beautiful, like, who I am, because that's really what it is. It's not, like, even actions. It's just how you feel about yourself. Totally. I hear my friend Jennifer King say, my process is my purpose. Ooh, I love that. And I heard you pretty much say that too when you're like, no, I looked at my art during that time and I was beautiful. Yeah, just because we're in the messy process of living doesn't mean it isn't purposeful. Yes. That, that feels true. That feels true. And that feels also like to like reiterate, like just because you know your kid's birth chart um, doesn't mean you you can, you know, like, dial in his entire experience. It's just sort of, you know, yeah. It's an allowing, like allowing it to unprocess or unfold, however. Unfold. Yeah. Another word, another way to, another way to say surrender. Yes, I love this conversation. <laughs> yes, oh my god, I'm so lucky because he's just sleeping, which I was very <laughs> nervous. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing too. I'll always like freedom to be like, oh, this doesn't work. We're gonna shift gears. Yeah. We, we would have figured it out. But I'm so glad it did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay, can you read us another poem? Oh, I also want to ask you about your deck. Oh, sure. Um, yes, the Oracle came out finally. I did a pre-order this spring, and then it put a learning curve on, like, you know, marketing and all that stuff. So um, everybody should have gotten their deck by now, I think. Um, I've gotten some good feedback. I love seeing people pull their cards with, Carol or other oracles and seeing the deck kind of like relate to um, other decks and how like, you know, like that to me is like, Oh, it's working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But my, my thing about even when I packaged them up to send them out was there's no right or wrong way to use this. Um, You're going to know like how to do that, like how this, um, this you get to just make the meaning 
Like, there's no set meaning for any of these cards. Like, I can see the card in, for me and remember, like, creating it or maybe some of the feelings I was having during it. But by no means does that, like, set the meaning for the card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, total learning curve on, like, making and sending out. But I do have, like, 10 decks left. At some point, I need to make, like, a little easier way for people to buy them. But I'm always, like, if you trust me enough to just, like, hop into my DMs and be like, hey, I would love to purchase there. I have 10 left. I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. If I would, like, release them to be, like, print on demand or do another big order or whatever. But um, it it's one of those things that feels like, uh, I'm proud of that I realized I didn't I didn't make those images thinking I was making a deck. Those images were in an art process because I was going through something, right? Um, and then later somebody said, would you ever make a collage deck? And I was like, I've always thought I would do it. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll start doing a collage deck. And then I was like, hey, let's look at all the collages you've already created and see if that could be a deck. So I just went through the archive of the last four years, right? And just had 44 images out of the, like, however many millions of collages I made. It's okay with a million, but I felt like it. Um, Yeah, so it's just like a, I did something and I didn't have to set the intention of, like, I'm doing this thing. It was almost like the work I did was already there and I just had to, like, translate it into a new medium so that other people could enjoy it. I'm going to buy one for Leo for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, I have the Christmas tree. Oh, okay. I just came in. You got the Christmas tree up? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, Okay, if the deck yeah, had did. an essence, what would it be? Like, is there, like, a certain tarot card oh. that you feel like aligns with it? Or does it just have, like, an energy? Sure. It's so funny. Like, when I hold it and go through it, there's certain things I see. But as I've seen other people work with it, so as people send me their, like, images of working with it, I notice all of the eyes. Mm. And I notice all of the, like... Um, the moon, there's moon. Surprise, surprise. Because I'm cancer, cancer. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a high priestess vibe. Like, and I don't, I just think there's that, like, intuitive quality. But there's also, like, um, there's the, um, there's, there's a fool's vibe, too. Just kind of, like, each, I think each image could be its own little, like, fool's portal right uh-huh. but the essence of like a foolish journey that might not be as structured as the tarot so where we rely on the tarot for more of a structure to bring us into like oh this is the universal story of like this experience as we know it I think yes the oracle kind of just um can let you be a little um, freer with it. Like, 
I really put it into anyone who's holding it in their hands to just what you see is what you see and what you hear is what you hear. Um, so more of a use what you already know. So yeah, like a high priestess vibe for sure. Use what you already know. It might just bring you more questions, but something's there. I love that. And I've heard the idea like recently, I think I was listening to ghost of a podcast and she was talking about like when we have these spiritual experiences, we keep questioning like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Rather than like really holding it loosely and just accepting Mm -hmm. it and then kind of letting it go and just being like, it was a spiritual experience. Like that's what it was. Um, yeah, like being okay with not having answers and just have like sitting with questions, um, and just being like open to receive for the sake of like just having a connection with spirit rather than trying to like get answers out of it, I think is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so will you pick one more poem for us? Sure. I want, okay, so I have this book. It's called She Walks in Boots Beauty, Selected Poems by Carolyn Kennedy. And there's a motherhood section. So will you pick a page between 181 and 201? Yes, 17. Oh, like 181 and 201. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> 181 <laughs> to, to what? 201. Two zero one, um, Nobody knows but mother by Mary Morrison. Oh, stop it! I know you picked it. This is my favorite game to play with people. I recharge for it. They get to pick the page. Then, then I love that I picked a page that didn't exist, though. <laughs> you did. You should look at what seventeen is. Nobody knows but mother, Mary Morrison. How many buttons are missing today? Nobody knows but mother. How many playthings are strewn in her way? Nobody knows but mother. How many symbols in school has she missed? How many burns on each fat little fist? How many bumps to be cuddled and kissed? Nobody knows but mother. How many hats has she hunted today? Nobody knows but mother. Carelessly hiding themselves in the hay? Nobody knows but mother. How many handkerchiefs willfully strayed? How many ribbons for each little maid? How for her care can a mother be paid? Nobody knows but mother. How many muddy shoes all in a row? Nobody knows but mother. How many stockings to darn do you know? Nobody knows but mother. How many little torn aprons to mend? How many hours of toil must she spend? What is the time when her day's work shall end? Nobody knows but mother. How many lunches for Tommy and Sam? Nobody knows but mother. Cookies and apples and blackberry jam? Nobody knows but mother. Nourishing dainties for every sweet tooth? Toddling Dottie or dignified Ruth? How much love sweetens the labor for Sue? Nobody knows but mother. How many cares does a mother's heart know? Nobody knows but mother. How many joys from her mother love flow? Nobody knows but mother. How many prayers for each little white bed? How many, ooh, 
How many tears for her babies has she shed? How many kisses for each silly head? Nobody knows but mother. Hmm. Ooh, that was beautiful. That's one that you could say to the babe. Yes, that felt very Dr. Seuss. Yes. And your page 17 is to Aphrodite of the flowers at Nosos. Ooh. (laughs) So we'll read this one because this one might be a little more interesting. Leave Crete and come to this holy temple where the pleasant grove of apple trees circles an altar smoking with frankincense. No lover's card much? (laughs) Oh my God, I know. After that line, I was like, ooh. Here roses leave shadow on the ground and cold springs babble through apple branches where shuddering leaves pour down profound sleep. In our meadow where horses graze and wildflowers of spring blossom, anise shoots fill the air with aroma and here queen aphrodite pour heavenly nectar into gold cups and fill them gracefully with sudden joy oh my god that's so three of cups yeah so good wow i love that last line will you say that again yes and here queen aphrodite pour heavenly nectar into gold cups and fill them gracefully with sudden joy Oh, my God. Uh, Stop it. (laughs) Totally. I love that. And he's, like, waking up to that. That's so sweet. Oh, good. Aw. This was amazing. Thank you. Wow. Always fun to talk to you. Always, always fun. Please come back on. (laughs) Yeah, anytime. We should just do a mother podcast. Yes, I mean, if you want to come on anytime, I feel like I need a little bit of a co-host help. So, (laughs) all righty. Well, yes. Okay, tell people where they can find you too. Oh, sure. Um, I'm on Page of Poems on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Page of Poems, yeah. And are you doing any offerings? I don't have anything like laid out right now, but I, I am so casual. Like if you want a reading, let me know. Um, also my decks are there. I'm also just really um, trying to discover what my three of cups community on Patreon looks like. Um, for most of the year, we, we would meet once a week for co-creative times. Um, but that has like kind of ebbed and flowed. So yeah, I kind of need to pull my act together on like fall season is such a trip. It is. <laughs> everything just kind of, you know, everything changes. And everything changes, and that's fine. So I'm just in that changeable mood. But you know, the new year's right around the corner, so you never know what'll happen. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, bye, girl. Thank you so much again for listening to Blind Love Radio. I hope it made all of your creative and spooky dreams come true. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it. Five stars. If you didn't like it, then don't review it. <laughs> um, and tell a friend who may also enjoy to spread the word and keep it alive and keep it growing. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, definitely hit me up on Instagram, Blind Love Radio on there, and let me know. I would love to have some feedback about what you enjoy hearing about on the podcast, any ideas. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys had a great full moon yesterday. And I hope that you are enjoying this whenever you're listening to this, regardless of any astrological transit. So, anywho, love you guys. Hope to see you soon. And big smooches. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout out to Jillian Welch, Look at Miss Ohio, for our song today. I always forget to do that until the last moment. So if you listen till the end, thank you. All right, toodles. Mwah. <laughs>